Joan Breyer. Thanks so much for joining us. This is, I can't believe it, already week nine of season one. And this is what I'm going to call wrap-up week. And the reason I'm calling it that is because this week, uh, there's not really a guest, but just me talking a little bit about um, just the first season, how it went, and some of the highlights and things that I think really just blew my mind away with this whole thing. And and I can't, first of all, thank you all enough for listening, because if you didn't listen, there wouldn't be a podcast. I mean, there might be a podcast, but it wouldn't be nearly as much fun. And second of all, for just really lifting up the women that are in this podcast, I can't tell you how many of them have received such positive messaging from you all, have heard back, have, um, you've all said to me things like, I didn't know that about her, or I didn't know that about that, you know, that situation. And wow, have have these ladies in the first eight episodes like blown me away. And I think back to each one, and we started with Erica Chapman, and the, the thing I really remember about her and her and our my conversation was just how passionate she was about her bull and showing him down in Okies, Oklahoma, and she really was a critical part to, you know, the family. And when her dad got sick, how that changed her perspective. But then I love to how she changed her perspective on herself. And when I asked her about what she would tell her nine-year-old self, I just remember her saying to me, I wish I would have been kinder. I wish I would have, um, you know, listened and asked for more help. And that is huge. I think it's huge for somebody who's 20 years old to look back and say that to themselves. Then we went and had Janelle Clemish, and congratulations, Janelle's had a baby this week. Um, when I interviewed her, I didn't even know she was pregnant, so I would have said something, but wow, what a year she's had. Her and Tyler, you know, getting married at the state fair last year, and then this year having their first little baby girl, so congratulations to Bailey Kay, or Bailey Kay, that's my niece, um, Bailey, their daughter. Um, what I really remember about that conversation was how Janelle said, I wish I would have just owned it earlier. I distinctly remember sitting there saying that and and just listening to her say that and saying how she wishes in high school she just would have owned her passion for stock show and how she would have just loved to have gone back and just done it even more, done it bigger. But I loved how she started from really ground zero and found her way now into being a producer and somebody who is just living it day to day. Congratulations to her and Tyler on the baby. Yay. Super exciting. Episode three was Amy and Brenna Wilkins. I loved that conversation because you could see the legacy. You could see the passion that Amy and Brenna both have for the industry. And I love the conversation about how you don't have to have a path of a career in agriculture to stay in agriculture. And I loved how Brenda found her own thing with the goats. You know, congratulations to them. Their maintainer heifer went out and did awesome out at state fair. She was reserve out of that tough show and their goat. My gosh, they won the all Iowa showdown now two years in a row. They had an amazing summer and I just cannot wait to see what Brenda's got in store for this next year. But can't thank them to enough for coming on together and talking about their their path and their story. Episode four, Jaden Compton Freeze, and so many of you listened to this episode. You guys loved, I loved how Jaden was and has always been the marketing f- connection in their family. She has always taken on a role 
of speaking for the cattle and helping um, promote them for her dad and really embraced from, I think, her teenage years now into her 20s, just what mentorship is all about, showing and doing the work and taking on so many young girls and guys and really coaching them. And even, you know, now when her and Robert are thinking about, you know, starting their own herd and their own careers, they're both working so hard to give it all back. It's just fun to see that. I just went and saw their cattle this weekend for their sale that they're having this week. So best of luck to them. And I know it's just the the start of so much. Episode five was a fun one. It's Blake and Zane Ehlers. And together, those sisters really rocked it. Uh, I mean, they have sheep and hogs and cattle and they raise them. They work hard as a family. I think the thing I got from that episode really was how hard that family works together. They are a force that family is. And, and when you go with them to a show, it is excellence all the way. There's expectations of excellence and they work so hard to do it. And I love how they were honest about there's fights in the barn. But when Zane said that Blake was her biggest mentor, I know that meant a lot, not only to Blake, but also to Zane to hear it. And they went out and they just creamed it. I mean, State Fair, Blake was in that sheep ring. She was reserved, um, her market U. And then they come back over the next week and they win that purebred uh, guilt show with a home race to rock with Zane showing at the lead. And I'm telling you what, they worked hard. They earned it. And it was just a really, I think, a fun episode to listen to and be a part of. I loved, I loved it. Then we came around and we met Miss Emily Harold, And I loved talking to Emily. Emily is passionate and she's vocal and she's out there and she's doing so many great things in that hog world. But she's also, the thing I remember about that, and I will never forget about that, is when she talked about how she chose different, how she chose, she didn't like how her life was. And when her brother drew that picture, that family picture, and she was a bull, she took that on and made a change. And I loved how she said in the interview, and I still remember this moment, she said, I decided that moment, not tomorrow, that moment was the moment I was going to change. And how many of us set goals or we set ourselves up to make a change, but we don't start right now. I think we always think, oh, I have to make sure this is in alignment or this is done or that's done. And to me, it was passionate about how she said, right now, you're wasting time if you don't do it right now. She has big plans. She's going to be graduating from Iowa State as well. And I know she's been job hunting and I know she has plans to move away from the farm for a while, but find, I think, her own way. Oh, she's going to do big things. You guys just, I can't, I'm excited for her. Next was, of course, Carmen Smith, my best friend, one of my best friends. I loved this conversation because Carmen is a person who has stayed so involved in the industry and was somebody who had, did not have children of her own and had, was so active for so long on the farm, moved away, two hours away from the farm, but found a way to really connect and be a part of the stock that they were raising 
and to also mentor these kids. I know she mentored mine. I know I could list off 10 kids that she's mentored just in the local area with the goats and with the sheep. But she gives back. She gives back where she was raised. She gives back at a state level. She gives back when a friend asks for help. And she's passionate about it. She's positive about it. And she gets the work that's done with it. It's just so fun to be around her. And it's fun to see her know these families and to know the legacies and to understand where these people come from. And I loved her comment when she said she took for granted that she always had good stock. They raised it. She had good stock. And so her expectations were always the top of the class. And that's where they wanted to be. And she kind of took that for granted. She just, I guess, when she looks back at some family, she realizes that not everybody starts there. And I love how she appreciates that now. Last week, Kylie Langley. And I loved talking to Kylie. The thing I remember about that episode is her energy and her honesty about how she finds opportunities and she takes them and she jumps at them and she kind of takes like she almost takes like instead of seeing that like is that something special that she's doing she almost thinks of it as luck right but I looked at her and I'm like girl you're creating your own opportunities like if you listen to that episode I mean how many times did she ask to go to the Arizona National she found a way to get herself to Kansas City because she wants to and she's got goals and she's putting it out there. And that I think is a great challenge for any of us who are looking and saying, hey, we have an opportunity to do something. Let's find a way to do it and get it done and find a person that will help us get there. Sometimes it's just asking the right question. And sometimes it's just, you know, being in the right situation. I really think when she took that time to sign that sheet of paper for her FFA farm, that was a moment that, you know, transformed her perspective. She said yes to an opportunity that was in front of her. She had no idea what it was going to include. And I think a lot of us can learn a lot from that particular moment that Kylie gave us. just wanted to take a little break here to again talk about the Sugar Creek Farm Sale that's happening this weekend on September 18th on SC Online Sales. Brad and Arlen Logan and Worthman Angus would love to invite you to their open house. The cattle are ready. They're getting excited about uh, placing these in some really good homes. If you haven't been there, I was there last weekend again, looked at them. Can't believe how much they've changed. Um, they keep each day. You can see something new. So if you've already been there, they want to invite you back. Come check them out again. Those breed steers, there's crossbred steers, there's some steer maker heifers in there. You're going to want to check it out. Come out and see everybody. And then, of course, stay for the fellowship. I think that's the best part of the whole experience when you go there is being a part of the Sugar Creek family. So, guys, have a great week. Good luck at that sale. We hope you all get some good steers bought. We'll talk to you all soon. And here we are now in week nine. Um, week nine, I just, I can't believe it. Um, it started in July and here we are in September and 
So this week I just thought about, I would talk a little bit about my journey so you could get to know me a little bit better. For those of you who don't know me, I was raised on a farm north of Mechanicsville. We were raised on a row crop farm. We had started, we farrowed to finish hogs and we had some sheep and my dad loved cows. Um, We had just a crossbred commercial herd, but um, grew up right on the family farm. My grandparents lived about an eighth of a mile from us, so we were you know, right there with grandpa and grandma and everybody. And my dad was a 4-H'er. He grew up going to the Cedar County Fair and he was our 4-H leader. He was probably, I I think, the most passionate and understood so much about what 4-H could do for families and could do for kids. And it was really a great way to grow up. I was passionate about showing livestock from when I was little. I remember watching my sister show her first Hereford heifer and cleaning the barns and being involved and wanting to, you know, have my own as soon as I could. And I fell in love with sheep. Um, We had raised some ewes, so I I always showed some home-raised lambs and then started right in with my steers. Um, I remember they were home-raised steers and Lenny and Squiggy were their names, and you heard that earlier. And I remember the challenges of, you know, getting them broke and it was cold and all those things. But I just remember that was the start of it. My brother and I, I would say, um, showed the most in high school. We tried to go out to do some jackpots. We tried to up the game. We always showed at State Fair. Really, though, didn't get to do a national scene. Um, We went through the 80s farm crisis during that time and the farm, we were lucky to hang on to the farm. And so spending extra money on cattle and sheep wasn't really sometimes in the budget, but my dad always found a way for us to do it. Um, we went in truck, the truck and trailer for so many miles, the three of us. And that's how I grew up. I went, um, to college at Iowa state and, uh, majored in ag business, farm management with really a passion for the industry, but not really knowing a direction that I wanted to go. I think a lot of people face that. Like I wanted to, I think, be on the farm and I wanted to be a part of the livestock, but it didn't quite fit. The farm um, wasn't big enough for all of us. And I really didn't, I don't think, I don't think I had the skills and the, the, what it took to do it. And so um, ended up graduating and went out in the world and started um, working. And of course, you know, made my way around the different ways and made it eventually back home and got married, had three children and have lived a mile from the home place ever since. When my kids were uh, younger, Austin, my oldest, we jumped right in. Um, I was ready to get started with showing cattle again. And this is when I think my transformation of going from an exhibitor and somebody who was passionate about it to somebody who was learning and growing and wanted to do it and to find a mentor really happened. People ask, you know, who was your mentor when you were growing up? I wouldn't say that I had a a mentor per se, as far as like somebody to teach me to clip and fit. I would say when I became the leader of this family, is when that started to happen because there was nobody else that was going to do it. If I didn't do it, um, the kids weren't going to get to show and I wanted to do it. I wanted to learn. So I always ask in my interviews, um, who was your biggest mentor? Who was the 
probably, and I will tell you, it was probably Aaron Boyson for me. I had a 20 year span of showing with the kids because James was so much younger than my oldest. And we didn't meet Aaron until probably when probably eight to nine years into the kids' career. We had found some good people to buy cattle from. We had found some people to help us mentor, to get them shown right. But Aaron, when we met him, he was a Kent feed salesman. He was the one that really challenged us to think bigger, to think differently, and to um, work a little harder. He helped us with feed, but he challenged us to maybe go to some national shows you know, maybe not have to jackpot every weekend and try to set some goals and to try to focus in on a particular goal. And he um, came and he saw me as a person who was really interested in it and had a voice and had an opinion. It was really cool to finally meet somebody like that. And I think he was probably my biggest mentor. So I, I just can't thank him enough for all that he did uh, for me and for our kids. Because he did. He got us to the next level. He took us there and pushed us out. Now we wouldn't even think twice about not going to Exarvin or going, you know, to Louisville or going someplace like that. But back then, it was a big deal. It was a really big deal. Um, I always ask you, what does it mean if, you know, if I were to say to you, she's stock shows? What's that mean to you? And for me, she's stock shows means we do the work. We buy the cattle. We do the daily work, we clip, we fit, we buy, we judge, we go out, we mentor, we give back, we make friends, we learn. And now it means for me that I get to tell stories too. Um, I love that part about this. I think that it's telling the stories of others. I just love how that is an add-on to what I believe She Stock Shows is all about. And I love the fact that I'm going to say that now it for me means we own it. It means if you have a voice and an opinion about a calf, if you have a voice or an opinion about showmanship or how you want to fit something, or if you have an interest in clipping or fitting, or you want to go meet somebody, you do. And she stock shows to me is a verb and it's action. It is certainly not just a reflection of an industry. So I love that, that we own it and that we can move forward with it and that, you know, women or my, even myself, I feel like the doors are getting more open all the time to just keep growing and setting goals and making it better. I always love to ask um, the people if they have a favorite animal that they ever showed or if they have a favorite um, memory. I have two. I have, uh, I probably wouldn't be my favorite animal that I showed, but one of the favorite animals that we ever had on the farm was a steer named Jake, and he was an Angus steer from Travis Allen, and Travis had raised him, he was a lute steer, and James, my youngest, would have been in his first year of showing, no, his second year, excuse me, of showing, and that steer we showed, I think, 28 times, and he was champion um, 27 times, but the kindness of that steer the connection of that steer. And for us, it set us into um, our first real championship environment. Like we had never had a steer that won consistently over and over and over. We made top 10 in points on a single animal. It just, we just did some really great things with that steer. But the connection with James and Jake, 
I think people still remember that steer and still remember them, this cute little boy showing that steer. And I think that'll always be one of my favorite animals that we ever um, showed. Favorite memory probably would be when my daughter Rebecca showed at Louisville and we took her steer Henry down there and we, you should have seen us. Oh my gosh. We, we hitched a ride with the steer, but we had tried to pack all of the, as all good showmen do, um, in, in our minivan, we tried to pack all of our show supplies and stuff. So luggage was at a uh, premium space there. And we got down there and I'll never forget taking that steer down that ramp and walking into that ring. The quality of steers that were around us and the people and just that moment of really being on that national stage. It was really cool. I just remember getting her picture taken and just being at the floor of the arena. It was a fun moment. And I'm, I'm pretty sure she would tell you that, that was a highlight as well. Things that I'm looking forward to in the next five years. Um, I'm looking forward to this platform growing. Uh, people say, ladies in the lead, is it a podcast? What is it? And I'll tell you right now, it's a podcast, yes, but I'm hoping to develop it and hopefully it'll become more of a movement so that you think of, when you think of ladies in the lead, it's more of a mantra so that when you hear it, you think, okay, I'm going to work towards owning that and what that means and being more just like a leader in the industry. Uh, the podcast She Stock Shows, I cannot tell you how much fun I'm having. I've already started on season two. And season two, I have some really great interviews. I can't wait to share them with you guys. And I've already started on the new merchandise. I'm really excited about that. I have a passion for just new designs and new ideas and to get to put them out. Um, and they're coming soon. So I hope in the next three to five years that the platform really expands and it comes a national conversation, a national mantra about how we represent ourselves and how we grow. And when you say you're a lady in the lead, you know, like you just understand it. So that's my goal with it for the next three to five years. Um, and that's where I'm hoping to take it. Season two is coming, you guys. We're going to have a little bit of a break in, uh, we're going to probably have like two weeks off. I am actually headed out of the country. Um, I'm headed to Ecuador. My daughter invited me to go on a trip, and I can't tell you how excited I am. We're going to be in the rainforest. We're going to be in the highlands. But we're going to see a whole new culture, and I hope that you all get to experience something out of the country at one point in your life because it is absolutely mind-blowing to see how other people live and to understand it. You just become so much more of a world citizen. And I can't thank Becca enough for inviting me along on this journey. Um, I'm a big believer in travel and Ecuador was not on the first of my list, but when she asked, I said yes. And I hope that is a reflection of Kylie Langley's opportunities talk that I was talking about because I'm going to go and I'm going to figure it out and we're going to have a great time. When I get back, I can't wait to share all that with you. So season two is going to start um, probably in the first week of October. Can't wait. It's going to be called The Edge. It's just because these women have this edge about them and I can't wait for you to hear what it all is. And we're going to get it out there, get those stories going. Again, I just want to uh, put it out there that if you have somebody in mind, if you have somebody that you're thinking, Joan, you have to talk to this person, let me know. I'd love to have that feedback. Or you can put comments right on the Facebook if you'd like to, or you can um, contact me through Messenger. Either way, you can, or you can use the contact me button on the shestockshows.com page to let me know. 
But I am super excited. Um, I have some great women coming up, and I know you're going to be excited as well. You guys, it has been sale season, and yesterday had to be one of the most perfect days to go out and look at cattle. I went alone, and for those of you who are listening and you're thinking, who, you know, if, I don't know if I could do that, if you're a mom or a, a woman or whatever, I went in those pastures. It was so fun to talk to the people. It's so fun to see the cattle and just to analyze them. I thank all of the hosts that had me yesterday. It's a really cool time to be in the state of Iowa and in the Midwest. You know, goals are big and dreams are even bigger. People are excited about their cattle and I can't wait for you guys to, you know, get that special one for your year. We want to thank you again for being a part of Ladies in the Lead this week. We look forward to season two. That is a wrap for us for season one. I encourage you to go back and re-listen to the episodes of this next couple weeks. Give yourself a chance to really soak it all in. I can't wait to see you guys out on the road. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. We got the fast, quick questions to answer. Of course, I got to tell about myself. Okay, what music do you play in the barn? We always played uh, country in the barn. It could be current. It could be um, it could be old. I prefer a little bit older country and some Texas red dirt country. But you know, if you've listened at all, I'm a huge George Strait fan. So we had a little country going on. And then, what do you wear to the barn? Um, okay, I grew up. We wore boots. I wore fat babies and boots. I don't know. I have a toe thing. I don't want my toes to get stepped on or broken. Uh, We did do shorts and t-shirts and kind of have the messy bun look when we went to the barn. But when you're, uh, you know, working hard every day, I always made the kids wear some shoes. These girls that are going barefoot and wearing flip-flops and Crocs, I'm like, surprised. Oh my gosh. And of course, my celebrity crush, y'all know it's George Strait. Um, He's my first one. But I kind of have a little crush on Cody Johnson too. He is cute. And when he sings, that is good. And so that is my fast fire questions. Hope you enjoyed that last little bit. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ladies in the Lead. I'd like to thank Austin Garner, our producer, and I'm your host, Joan Garner. If you're interested at all in being an advertiser on our platform, please reach out to us and be happy to talk to you about the options and the sponsorships that are available. As always, we can't thank you enough for being a part of Ladies in the Lead. We look forward to seeing you out there on the road. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.